So we're in this 80th Psalm, and we're going to begin reading at verse 1. Psalms number 80, verse 1. Give ear, O shepherd. What a wondrous thing that we can call upon the Lord and cry out, Abba, Father. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, thou that leadest Joseph like a flock. He who leads Joseph like a flock, thou that dwellest between the cherubims, shine forth before Ephraim and Benjamin and Manasseh, stir up thy strength and come and save us. Turn us again, O God, and cause thy face to shine and we shall be saved. Tonight I'd like to bring to our remembrance Larry and Gladys up in Reading. Let's remember them in prayer if you would. Remember uh, our newest members of our church, Edward and Carissa. Um, just to clarify that a little bit, we don't have uh, sign-up sheets for members. If you come to this church twice, we kind of consider you a member. If you keep coming after that, you're especially a member. So we consider them members. They've been coming now for about three months. And uh, keep them in prayer as we know that Carissa is fighting for second bout of cancer. And I, I forget which one it is. It's a non, lymphoma non-Hodgkin's non cancer. Uh, remember them if you would. Jean and Judy, uh, let's continue to keep Jean and Judy in our prayers, especially Judy. Um, thank you, uh, those of you who reached out to him last week. That really blessed him a great deal. I know some of you uh, played phone tag with him, uh, but uh, he was he was greatly, greatly blessed by your comments and everything. So keep him in prayer if you would. Let's remember Mike and Shirley Loveless. They're not with us this evening because of the heat. Um, they're staying at home in front of that air conditioner, which I, I'm glad they are. Remember Sonny and Karen. As we know, Karen is also fighting cancer once again and uh, going through chemotherapy. She's doing pretty well, though. We talked to them last week. Let's remember our sister Donna Anderson as she's preparing to move. She has sold her home. Um, she's daunted with the task of removing the things that she wants to take with her and everything else will stay. The new owners have agreed to dispose of what she did not want. So uh, pray for her as she goes through her things. Let's remember Sean, uh, uh, James Looper's friend that he's been taking care of, um, or well, helping. Let's remember Craig Roberts in Kansas and his move to Nevada. Remember our brother Ron Halsey in Arkansas. Brian and Matt Skippington and their physical ailments, their niece, uh, Bryn, and her husband, Michael. The kids, uh, remember them up in Tahoe. I spoke with Bryn last week. She was able to join us, and I spoke with her afterwards. She's uh, doing very well, but they are very, very busy. Mike and her are both now in classes, so they're spending their evenings studying for testing. So uh, pray for them, if you would. Pray for our loved ones who continue to walk in darkness. Yeah. Uh, our Sunday services is coming up. Tracy, Roger's daughter, who lost her husband just recently to cancer, and her father-in-law. Yeah. Uh, travel mercies for the Thackers, who will be leaving next week for uh, Indiana, I believe it is, uh, to preach at Fred Evans' conference. 
pray also for Obi Williams, who will be coming out here from Kingsport, Tennessee, to, pray, to preach in uh, Kevin's place. Kathy and I will be traveling next week and the week after. Uh, we're going to Medford, Oregon next week to see my daughter for a couple of days. And then the week after that, we're going down to San Diego. I'll be here for next weekend and this weekend. I'll be here on the weekend, but Monday through Friday, I'll be traveling. So I'm, I'm sure that the 4th of August, I will be canceling Friday night service. And I'm not sure about next week's yet. It just depends on how much I can get done uh, in the week while I'm visiting with my daughter. So uh, pray for us as we travel. And I will let you know later in the week, next week, if we're going to have Friday night service or not. The fourth is that it is canceled for sure. So I, I don't like to leave it for two weeks in a row, but I may have to. So, uh, pray for us if you would. Is there anything anybody would like to add to tonight's list before we go to the throne of grace? Anyone online? Okay. Well, then I'm going to ask Kathy if she would go ahead. Who? Who? Tim. Tim, did you want? Did you have something? Uh, no, no, thank you. Thanks. Okay, I'm going to ask Kathy to go ahead and mute everyone. Our Heavenly Father, we do praise you for all of your wonderful blessings. Lord, you know our list of petitions that we've just mentioned off. Uh, many of our dear brothers and sisters are suffering from ailments, physical ailments, and diseases such as cancer. Many of our brethren are going through trials of their own personal uh, life, Lord. And we just ask that you would be with your people. We know that you say in your word, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when we ask, Lord, that you would be with us, in truth, what we're asking, Lord, is your will be done with us. That's truly what your people are crying out. Lord, we, we know that these things are necessary. These trials that come our way, these sicknesses, these illnesses, uh, they're all part of this world that is cursed with sin. What a blessing it is, Lord, to know the truth that you are always with us, even in our darkest hours, even in the times when we feel the most farthest away from you, Lord, we know you're still with us. You were with us before the world was. Before a star will twinkle in the sky, you, you thought upon your people. What a blessing. If God be for us, who can be against us? Lord, be with us now as we go into your word once again, considering the uh, directing grace, uh, considering your word that points us to your directions, to how you direct our lives in all things. And we ask, Father, that you would bless us for your son's sake. Open our eyes, our minds, and our eyes, ears to the truths that we're about to see. We ask in his name, the name above all names, Christ Jesus. Amen. Okay, everything once again is in the handout, but we will be looking at uh, Romans 9, Jer Jeremiah 31, Romans 9, and Psalms 23 in detail tonight. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, if you prefer to read from your Bibles, 
Jeremiah 31. When we get to that in our handout, I'll, I'll let you know. We sing these words. All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Tonight our subject is directing grace. Our Lord in His direction, directing His people and the grace He uses to direct us. In Romans 8.32, or no, back, I'm sorry, back in our hand out again. What an error when we think the Lord's presence has only been with us since His regenerating work of our hearts. Folks, our Savior has always loved His people. He has always been with His people. As we read in Romans 8.32, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things. When I read those words, and every time I read those words, and I think about this, I use these words a lot, but it, what a blessing it is to consider this. Everything, how shall He not freely give us all things? That, that, what that tells me is that the Lord has given you and I everything since the beginning of time. All things. Everything. Everything that has happened has been for God's people, for His chosen loved ones, whom He has loved before the world was. The, the heading of Jeremiah, back in our handout, mid-page, the heading for Jeremiah 31 in Esword is this, the Lord will turn mourning into joy. Folks, this, this world we walk in is full of mourning, is it not? What was our... What was our petitions for our Lord tonight to, to comfort His people who are going through times of mourning. Larry and Gladys mourning the, the, the fact that their bodies no longer work like they used to. And, and we can go right down the list of that. Every one of those mourning something that has to do with our physical ailments, our situations that we're in, those that we love. It's a world full of death and full of misery. I don't mean to sound so negative. For folks, there is much to enjoy of God's creation. I, Kathy and I traveled on our motorcycles for 10 years, over 100,000 miles each. And I can tell you this, that riding a motorcycle in, around this country, it, it's so much more enlightening than riding in a car with nothing but a windshield in front of you. Your eyes are open. You're, you're able to look around and see. I can see things in the clouds that would be over the top of the roof and you may never see it. Or things off over to the hills over there. We were coming back from uh, uh, way up far in Canada down through what's called the, the uh, ice fields of Canada. And the glacier ice was... Well, first off, we're talking about cliffs that were three, 4,000 feet high, maybe 1,000 feet high at least. And then above those cliffs was another 1,000 feet of ice. Burn, uh, uh, kind of a... Kind of a bluish green. Turquoise. Kind of a turquoise color, yeah. Just absolutely gorgeous. So there is so much for us to enjoy. Babies. Babies, aren't they a joy for... Oh, most people, 
babies. There's so much of God's creation that we can be uh, joyful for and, and, and good food, good tasting food. But, but folks, none of what we see or enjoy here will continue. Nothing of this world will last. 1 Peter 1, verse 24, For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. Psalms 103, verses 15, uh, 5 through 9. Uh, I may have the wrong number there, but it's in Psalms 103. As for man, his days are as grass as a flower of the field. So he flourisheth, for the wind passeth over it, and it is gone, and the place thereof shall know it no more. Isn't that what it is in the lives of men? Oh, some of us remember some people here and there. I remember my mom, uh, but there's a lot of people who've gone from this world that I just don't remember anymore. That's man. That's the way it is with men. We just we we forget who it was. There are people who died years ago that were known very well in the world, but they're remembered no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear Him and His righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep His covenant, and to those that remember His commandments to do them. The Lord hath prepared His throne in the heavens, and His kingdom ruleth over all. Page 2. For those the Father had given, those chosen in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world, even our misery and mourning will have its end. We will be led to the joy of God. Our Lord says, "All or we sing in the song, all the way my Savior leads me. Now, we come to Jeremiah 31, if you want to read in your Bibles along with me, or I have it in the handout. At the same time, saith the Lord, will I be the God of all the families of Israel. Now remember, Israel, as we read in Romans, Paul points out, not all of Israel is Israel. When the Lord speaks, He speaks of things spiritually. And Israel is nothing more, the, the, the real physical Israel, people of Israel, were nothing more than a picture of God's Israel, God's people. I will be the God of all the families of Israel, and they shall be my people. Thus saith the Lord, the people which were left of the sword found grace in the wilderness, even Israel, when I went to cause him to rest. The Lord hath appeared unto me of old, of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. So we see words of, of uh, direction already. Therefore, I have drawn thee. That's a word of direction. The Lord giving direction to one of his people. Again, verse uh, 4, Again, I will build thee, and thou shalt be built. We see again a words of direction. Our Lord directing his people. Continuing on, O virgin of Israel, thou shalt again be adorned with the tabrets and shalt go forth in dances, in the dances of them that make merry. Thou shalt yet plant vines upon the mountains of Samaria. The planters shall plant and shall eat them as common things. 
For there shall be a day that the watchmen upon the Mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord. For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations, Publish ye, praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I bring them from the north country, and gather them from the coast of the earth. We see again our Lord directing his people, and with them the blind and the lame, the woman with child and her travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. They shall come with weeping and with supplications. Will I, what? Lead, direct them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers. Another word we see, cause. Our Lord's directing his people. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of waters in a straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Robert Hawker wrote this. He says, We have here the Lord speaking most graciously to his people and giving them exceeding great and precious promises in Christ, confirmed with all the sanction and the authority of Jehovah. Page 3. Directing grace. As we read those words that we just read in Jeremiah, we see where the Lord is the one who does all the work. Not once in there did he ask the people of Israel to help him. Not once in that section, in, that, in those verses, did he need someone to help do the work. He did it himself. He led us. He caused us. He drew us. Directing grace. What peace a believer is given when the Lord of glory declares his works in all things. The fact that all that happens in this world and beyond is by his direction. It's by his purpose, by ultimately his will. Isaiah 14:24, the Lord of course, sorry, the Lord of hosts hath sworn, saying, Surely as I have thought, so shall it come to pass, and as I have purposed, so shall it stand. We see there, our Lord's purpose shall stand. Who can turn the hand of God? We took a break from reading the Psalms of our Sunday morning scripture reading, and we've been reading the story of Joseph, the son of Jacob, and we have come to where Jacob has learned of his son Joseph still alive and thriving in Egypt. Listen to these words. This will be our scripture reading for Sunday morning. Genesis 46, verses 1 through 4, and Israel, that's Jacob, took his journey with all he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father Isaac. And God spake unto Israel in a vision of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob. And he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will there make thee a great nation. So once again, we see our Lord in leading his people. He says, I will go down with thee. That's the same words as I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, I will go down with you. Don't fear to go down there, Jacob. I'm, I'm right here by your side. Look what he says next, though. He says, and I will also surely bring thee up again. Our Lord is promising to you and I, 
I'll go with you wherever I have directed you to go in this world, and you will, and I will bring you up again. Folks, that's telling us he's going to take us into his presence and shine on us for, the, for eternity with his son, the Lord Jesus, in his presence. I will also surely bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. I think of my past in this world before the Lord gave me a new heart as well as since then and I wonder at how he has led me through the ways through the ways that I came was it his purpose for me to wander in all those years in my darkness you bet it was absolutely our Lord does nothing imperfect and that includes calling his children out of darkness I walked through those years of darkness because that's what the Lord thought best for me to do. You walked through those years in your life because that's what the Lord desired and purposed for you to do. I may not understand what I went through in all those years, but I know this. My Lord tells me it was for my good in Romans 8.28, and I believe. Let us be very, very, very clear. God is not the author of our sin. Our sin is ours. It is of us. If we have any will at all, it is the will to sin. The only reason our sin is restrained is by the grace of God's restraining hand. Some say in the day of Noah that all men did what was right in their own minds. Think about that. Men who... That's right for me to go kill my neighbor and take his things. I'll go do that. Interesting, like we've almost got that same feeling and stuff going on today, don't we? Folks, it's never, things are not, we, we think things are different today than they were then. They're not. People think about the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Is there any difference between then and now? No. God's restraining hand is right where it's always been, holding back sin so that his people will be brought to his love in the day of his power. Brought to him in the day of his love. We think today sin has become so common it must be close to the end, but folks, sin has abounded all along. Remember Cain? Remember what Cain did killing his brother? Is that any different than what the men and women do in the world around us today? Sin has been in all men in ways beyond our imagination. Our Lord tells us this clearly in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. He's not talking about just this heart or that heart. He's talking about the hearts of all men. He's talking about the heart of John Reeves. He's talking about the hearts of every single one who is unregenerated by God the Holy Spirit. This heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked, who can know it? Page 4. But it is also clear through the Holy Scriptures that sin is allowed for the glory of God. All things, including the fall of man, will bring glory to our Savior. In Romans 9, again, we're, uh, we're going to take this in a little bit of detail. If you want to read it through in your, in your uh, Bibles. As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Even the wicked will bring glory to our God. Esau have I hated. Jacob was just as, as wicked as Esau. 
Yet both of these men bring glory to our God because they point us to our God in His sovereignty in electing one people and leaving the others to themselves. And we're going to read more about that right now in, in next year, 914. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Is there unrighteousness because, because God chose one and He left the other to His wickedness? God forbid. For He saith to Moses, verse 15, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. This is the glory that God receives from choosing Jacob over Esau. For God choosing to love Jacob. For God choosing to love you and I. This is the glory that God will receive from that. For He saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, just to be sure you understand, it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, now Pharaoh was a picture of pure wickedness. God had raised him up to be the man that he was for a certain purpose. Why? To glorify God. And here we see that. Even for this same purpose, it says in verse 16, 17, I have raised thee up that I might show my power in thee and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. So we see even the wickedness of the world will glorify our Lord somewhere or another. Verse 18, Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will he hardeneth. Now, those who don't know the Lord will step up and say this thing, that will say unto me, Why doth he yet find fault? For who hath, who hath resisted his will? Nay, but O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Who are you to question what God does? Shall the thing formed say to him that formed it, Why hast thou made us thus? Why hast thou made me thus? Hath not the potter power over the clay, the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another unto dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and make his power known, endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction, and that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy, which he had afore prepared? Unto glory, unto, unto glory. If the Lord didn't have vessels of mercy and vessels of wrath, how would you see His glory in shining His mercy on those vessels? We were all the same, which we all were at one time, by the way. This brings in the grace, God's directing grace. He directs us. He directs us in our lives to His grace, and it's through His grace that He does that. And folks, it is by God's directing grace that brings a lost sinful soul unto the knowledge of himself. The goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance is what it says in Romans 2 verse 4. He leads us to repent. That word, you know, I was, I was told recently that I don't preach enough on repentance. Folks, every time I talk about you turning from the ways of this world and turning to Christ, that's repentance. Repentance is turning from something and turning to something else. Repentance is turning from unbelief and believing God. And, grant, and repentance is granted of God. Just like faith is a gift of God. The goodness of God leadeth, directeth thee 
to repentance, Romans 2, 4, verse 5, or page 5. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the Lord directing us, commanding the light. He commanded that light to shine. That's Him directing His people. That's what the shepherd does. He leadeth his sheep. He directs them in the way to go. His sheep, who, cause, who, who causes it to rain? Did Noah shut up the door to the ark? Who brought all the animals in to be saved of the ark? Folks, this is the difference between having religion and knowing the one true God who is sovereign over all that is and has chosen to save a people unto himself who can turn his hand. He is called the Deliverer, the Messiah. He shall come and deliver his people from their sins. Proverbs 16.9, A man's heart deviseth his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 1-5, we read these words, Finally, brethren, pray for us, that the, world, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered by unreason from unreasonable and wicked men for all men have not faith but the Lord is faithful who shall establish who shall establish you and keep you from evil and we have confidence in the Lord touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you and the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and to the patient waiting for Christ this too is the work of the Holy Spirit guiding the love of God unto His Son, the Lord Jesus. We are guided to know Him as He is. We didn't know the Lord Jesus, not until the day He gave us life to see the truth. We didn't, we didn't understand who He was truly. Oh, there's, everybody's heard of Him. I, I can't imagine anyone in the world who hasn't heard of Jesus Christ. But to know Him, to know Him as your Savior, as your Lord, as your deliverer, it took the. Uh, we are guided to know Him as He is. God manifested in the flesh, a hundred percent man, with the physical traits of a man. His body grew from infancy to maturity. He hungered, he thirsted, he laughed, he cried, yet he committed no sin like men. We are guided to know Him as 100% God, perfect in all things. Everything He did pleased the Father. He committed miracles that no man could ever commit. He clearly declares in His Word who He is. I and my Father are one. He came to do His Father's will as we read in Hebrews 9, page 6. We are guided to see Him as our only righteousness. We have none of ourselves. It does, Folks, we come into this world thinking we have a righteousness, but we don't. It takes the guidance of the Spirit of God to guide His people, to teach them there's none. There's none righteous. There are none who seeketh after Him. And our God requires righteousness. We are guided to see that Christ is our righteousness. We are guided to know His righteousness his righteous perfect sacrifice of himself has accomplished its purpose. He said it is finished. 
He finished His finished work has satisfied the debt of our sin. He is our atonement. 2 Corinthians 5.21 For He hath made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. We are guided to see Him as the only sacrifice worthy of God's acceptance. It says in Hebrews 9.11-12 But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is to say not of this building neither by the blood of goats and calves but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us our redemption is done that's what that word obtained means and it was done by the perfect righteous blood of our savior jesus christ we would not have known that if God had not directed us in our ways, if He had not given us direction in coming to Him. Psalms 23, verse 1. First off, He was raised for our justification to sit at the right hand of the throne on high as our great conquering captain. In Psalms 23, verse 1, we read a psalm of David where David is praying out in psalm the wonders of the Lord. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's my guide. He's my director. He's everything to me. I look to Him for my provider. I look to Him as, Lord, what will Thou will be for me today? I shall not want, He says. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me. He directs me beside still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth again, directing me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He, he directs us in the path of His Son's righteousness. His Son's righteousness for His name's sake. Verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's that, sh there's that world that we walk in, uh, like I, I, uh, I uh, expressed there in the beginning of the Bible study. He says, I will fear no evil. I think that speaks for itself. For thou art with me, thy rod, Jesus Christ is our rod. Thy staff, Jesus Christ is our staff. Lean upon the Lord, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, verse 5, in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever directing grace Robert Hawker writes regarding this psalm he says God had promised in the Old Testament scripture to raise up faith a faithful shepherd meaning Christ and it is well worth our inquiry under how many descriptions of several the several writers of the Word of God had it in commission to point him out he is called God's shepherd in Zechariah 13.7. Awake, O sword, against my shepherd and against the man that is my fellow, saith the Lord of hosts. Smite the shepherd and the sheep shall be scattered. So we see him mentioned as a shepherd in Zechariah. And it, Robert Harper goes on to say, that no possible mistake concerning him might arise, he is called one shepherd. Ezekiel 34.23. And I will set upon one shepherd over them. I will set up one 
Man, my tongue is dry. Can you grab me a glass of water? Please. And I will set up one shepherd over them, and he shall feed them. Even my servant David, he shall feed them, and he shall be their shepherd. He is also called the chief shepherd in 1 Peter 5, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, he shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. In Hebrews 13.20, we see him declaring himself as a great shepherd. Now the God of peace that brought again from, our, from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Excuse me. Thank you. And Christ himself takes the appellation of the Good Shepherd. In John 10, verse 11, he says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Reader writes Robert Hawker, How delightful you and I, like David, can with the same authority say, The Lord is my Shepherd. Depend on it. If so, we shall never want either food or raiment, neither chastisement nor support, either blessings and providence nor grace. He that is the good shepherd and the great shepherd and Jehovah's shepherd will never suffer his sheep to be unprovided for. Through his grace, our Lord will guide us through His grace, He will direct us into eternity to be with Him forever. He says in John 16, 12-13, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them. Now, how be it? When He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide, He will direct you in all truth, for He shall not speak of Himself. In 1 Thessalonians 3.11, Now God Himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ direct your way. In 2 Thessalonians 3.5, which we've already read, And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and to the patient waiting of Christ. Directing grace. Oh, how wonderful a Lord we have who guides us, directs us, loves us, will never leave us, what peace God's children can have with those thoughts in our minds. Anybody have any 